Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hey, welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. I'm Dirk, I'm your host, and we are approaching weekend 15 already. It is April, and we have a snowstorm coming. I really don't like those uh, weeks with a snowstorm in April, but I'm very sure it will be all melted and gone shortly. If you are brave enough and don't care about the white, there's a lot happening this weekend. Um, we have music events, uh, we have bands in Detroit Lakes, we have uh, an outing on Detroit Lakes Mountain, um, we have a fish decoy uh, show in Perham. Go to our website lakelifeweekend.com and on the bottom part you will see um, our event schedule organized by yeah, area, so um, cities like Virgus, Perham, Alexandria, Park Rapids and Detroit Lakes area. We have them bundled and um, all events in that town city are uh, in yeah in this category so browse around and find what's happening um, we are really appreciating your uh, use of our website it's growing we have a lot of we had a spike we had like 500 people on our website Wednesday two weeks ago um, and it was not uh, a crawl from Russia or a crawl from China. That's up, that sometimes happens too. That there's like weird hmm, web crawlers uh, checking out your website. We had that scene in the last year, but in fact, um, all those users came from the local areas um, because you can check, um, yeah, geographically where those users uh, are coming from. So thank you very much. Um, we appreciate um, that, and we love to see the attention to our to our work here. So keep coming keep visiting us also thank you very much for listening of course um, there's more stories uh, and content on our website as well uh, follow us on instagram for some snapshots uh, and things uh, we are following the growth of our little oscar um, he is oh, six months old already and growing behaving really well and um, we are going out with him regularly on walks now that the snow is gone uh, soon of course hopefully you will see more outdoor pictures coming. Yeah, and um, if you have an idea for us, if you have anything you want us to share, please email us to hello at lakelifemedia.com. And now um, there's a program that we captured on our expo from the Lakes Country uh, Electric Cooperative. Dan is speaking a little bit about current projects, a little bit more in depth. A very interesting program we wanted to share with you. So lean back. Grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you would like to drink and enjoy this podcast with us. Go to our website again, check this out, and we hope you have a great weekend ahead. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, we are here on stage with another program. Um, we have Dan here from the Lakes Region Corporate Electric Cooperative. Electric Cooperative. Yes. Hi, Dan. And we will hey speak. There. Thank you for coming and uh, being with us at the expo and here on stage. 
and uh, I would like to speak to you a little bit about the history of the cooperative located, uh, I think, with the headquarter in Pelican Rapids. And uh, there's a history for uh, how it was established and who we are serving, um, who your members are, and then um, what you have been transforming to. Uh, there's a brand new project, uh, a wind energy project. Uh, you have some solar energy projects. So my interest is always renewable energies, uh, uh, renewable energy sources. But then also, um, Maybe we can touch, uh, like uh, there's a product that you introduced to me, like a, a backup uh, generator. Standby generator, Stand yes. Standby generator. So yeah, maybe you introduce uh, yourself quick and then also the cooperative, and then we speak a little bit more about energy. Sure, my name is Dan Husted, and um, I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Lake Region Electric Co-op. And we're located in Pelican Rapids. Our service territory is, um, all of Ottertail County, the rural part of Ottertail County, Wilkin County, a little bit of Clay, a little bit of Becker, a little bit of Douglas. And um, we were incorporated back in 1937, so all part of the New Deal and Franklin ago. Roosevelt and, and uh, the Rural Electrification Administration. So 90 years ago. a lot has changed since 1937. How was it back then? Uh, um, you mentioned. I it, wasn't so there. You <laughs> I hope you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just mentioned so so quickly um, rural uh, developments like energy. You have to understand, I guess, or we have to understand, energy was not just a given like today. We just expect it to be in our house. It's right there. Oh, but not for not for rural people. Um, there, there was electricity was available in in the cities and and towns. Um, uh, big power companies served the, the town. Sometimes municipals had their own diesel generators, and uh, you got more than a half a mile out of town, and farmers did not have electricity, did not have lights. So they were uh, still had kerosene lamps and, and uh, a lot of manual labor. So when REA came, they they help set the poles. They they help sign up neighbors because just to have a, an electric motor, you know, to, to grind feed and uh, do a lot of the simple chores to pump water. Uh, you know, I think um, back then it was farm wives had a it was you know it was a lot of work in order to do laundry to do a lot of simple things and and. Uh, when, when electricity came, it, it just really liberated women, particularly. But if I uh, understand correctly, your cooperative was actually a joint venture of farmers that said, like, hey, we want electricity on our farm. And they met, figured out how expensive it was to bring electricity to the farms. And then it was, uh, uh, it was a self-made Explain that a little bit more. Well, there was a lot of politics behind it out of, out of Washington. First, REA was offered to all the big power companies, and they, they they rejected it. The Rural Electrification Administration, ah. part of the New Deal, and the the big power companies rejected it. So the 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 farmers in rural areas said, "Well, why can't we form a co-op? We'll borrow the money from the government. We'll pay it back. We'll be the owners." And that's the difference between a co-op and, and uh, a 
an ordinary corporation is that the owners are the shareholders. So the members, so the members own the members own it. So they uh, um, there's a natural uh, interest in keeping costs down, keeping the bills low because. Um, if you're a shareholder, why would you want to pay your, you know, pay out of one pocket to put in the other? So you just keep costs low. Right. So you try to be as efficient uh, uh, yes. uh, with energy consumption, but also with the the overheads of the operation. That's how right. How many m households? Uh, is it 17,000 members? We are approaching 30,000. 30,000 members and in the main of Auditor County. Right. So uh, we have a lot of lake homes that we are connecting also. Like living on a lake. And, uh, oh yeah, obviously since um, you know the 80s, particularly the 90s, the, a lot of development around the lakes, and that is the you know really drove the numbers of, of residential accounts up. What what used to be farms, uh, you know, is now outnumbered by lake homes. Ah yeah, okay, of course, yeah. But um, you are not an energy producer. You you are by now, but like uh, actually you are an energy distributor. So you're connecting the household with the energy producer, correct? So in the co-op world, um, because we're all fairly small, don't have the capital, um, co-ops will join together. So in our case, there are um, 28 co-ops that own Great River Energy, which owns generation and transmission. So they actually own the, the power plants in North Dakota, have entered into purchase agreements for big wind farms. You know, they also own natural gas fire generation. So they are our wholesale power supplier and we are the retailer. Ah, okay, so you are a, a shareholder of that nevertheless. That's so the, correct. So, so a group of co-ops, same model. A group of consumers formed the co-op. Great River Energy is a co-op too. Okay, yeah. okay, very interesting. But now we we have a very recent project which was just released uh, or, or launched. Uh, you have a wind project in Audite County. So yeah, with uh, with Great River Energy, they allow us to purchase five percent on our own, provided it comes from a renewable energy resource. So we took advantage of that. We um, started talking to Jewel Energy a couple years ago, and they were talking about a very unique um, wind-solar hybrid, uh, one wind turbine, uh, 2.3 megawatts, and, and then a, a half a megawatt of solar, which is about 1,500 panels. And it's interconnected into our AirHard substation so it's interconnected actually into a distribution line so this is really distributed generation you know the state of minnesota talks about it a lot um, most of the developments are big huge wind farms that you see in um, southwestern uh, minnesota or northeastern south dakota and now uh, in western north dakota but this is unique in that it's connected right to our distribution line and and um, provides about half half of the energy that that Earhart substation needs over the course of a year. Half of it. Yes. And that's all renewable energy. All renewable. So what's our ratio uh, um, in energy production uh, in in the state of Minnesota? We have a fairly high renewable energy. 
production rate, don't we? I, I don't know about the state of Minnesota as a whole. I can tell you that Great River Energy, their goal is to achieve 50% renewable by 2030. Um, That's an ambitious goal. And so we're already at 30%. So it, it's moving quickly. And so the generation is only one aspect of it. Um, then the, the second aspect is effectively utilizing energy that is intermittent. And what does intermittent mean? Well, sometimes the wind blows and sometimes it oh. doesn't. Oh. So um, sure. in, in the world that we're used to, when peak demand time comes, it's, it's supper time. Everybody gets home from work, turns the lights on. You know, people use a lot of electricity. Well, in the traditional world, you just uh, throttle up and, and uh, the, the generation plants being coal or natural gas just produce more energy to meet the demand. In the, in the, the new world where you have um, intermittent supplies of energy, you have to use that electricity when it's available. Yes. So that's why people talk about batteries. So. so you have to be able to store it. So at Erhard, there are times of the year when that wind turbine and that, that solar array will be producing more electricity than there is load on the substation. Now, we have to buy it. If it's produced, we have to pay for it. But if it goes back out onto the transmission line to somebody else, we don't get to sell it. It's, oh. it's a loss. It's essentially wasted. So the next stage of, of that project is to interconnect, it's called grid interactive, so be grid interactive thermal storage. So we will store that energy in water heaters, we will store it in electric thermal storage furnaces, uh, floor heat, eventually it will go into electric vehicle batteries. Sure. To make use of that energy when it's available and when it's cheap. Okay. So, uh, and how is that uh, organized? Or like, when do you know that it's there? Hey, we need to, like, uh, like, hey, switch all your water heaters on right now. Like, is there a, an algorithm? How is that it then? It being it's managed? only possible because of high-speed microprocessors, um, high-speed internet. So we are working with the Steffes Corporation out of Dickinson, North Dakota, and, and they've done this in, in other places in the country. And in fact, we have a, a number of water heaters out on, on our system now. They've been out there for 10 years that are monitored through the internet. We know exactly what the temperature of the water is in the, in the tank. And so with this microprocessing system, you can monitor not only thousands of water heaters, you can take care of individual water heaters in somebody's home. So if, if the goal is to, the wind is blowing and you need to utilize that, that energy, you actually instruct the tanks to take the temperature up from 120, say, to 150, and you're able to store those kilowatt hours. And so... What that means to the, the energy market is it helps balance things. So 
think of uh, tens of thousands of wind turbines across all of the, the Midwest, and it's all flowing into the transmission grid at the same time. And for periods of hours, there is too much generation. Lake Region and, and its members can get paid for the ability to store that energy in water heaters, electric vehicles, because we provide a balancing service. Okay. And so then that will be the economics behind uh, um, rebates, uh, special rates for putting in these water heaters on our lines. Huh. And, and even for, for that home that, say, while they got company and, and they're using a lot of hot water, well, when you're able to manage thousands of water heaters, you can allow a few to catch up. Okay. It isn't as rigid as you know traditional load control, where you just shut everybody off regardless of their individual needs. You can actually take care of people that have a house full yeah. and are using hot water. Now, coming from generating electricity, uh, storing electricity, uh, our goal, I think, is probably also to reduce consumption. So, are you advising? Are you helping? I mean, we have LED lights, uh, uh, for example. Uh, um, is it in our best interest, actually, to consume less energy forthgoing? I think uh, that that's one way of putting it. I, I think maybe a, a better way is we become more productive with the, the energy that we're using. So actually, yeah. energy consumption is, is flat. It's been going down. Oh, yeah? But yet we have more stuff. We, we have a lot more stuff in our homes using electricity, but it's all very efficient. Yeah. Air conditioners are efficient. Refrigerators are efficient. And, and um, LEDs and lighting, you know, that used to be the, you know, the biggest load. Now it's, it's, it's really been reduced. Yeah, So, yeah, we're, we're doing more things using, we're electrifying more and more of what we do every day, but we're using less electricity. Yeah. But it's in, in total. Our, but it's in our interest, and I think you you help uh, also members. Uh, to oh yeah, we provide rebates for for heat pumps, for uh, lighting, uh, a lot of different types of electric technologies. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is a product that I saw earlier here. Uh, it's your backup. Uh, tell us. A I mean, I live rural too, and uh, sometimes I lose electricity, and uh, I never. I mean, I thought about it. I was never really concerned. But what if the energy is gone and my my house freezes up, and <laughs> I'm in it, or like I'm gone and my water is in there? So, what is what is this backup thing? So, we uh, uh, over the last two years have started selling standby generators, okay. and we have a lot of of lake homes, a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people that that travel, and. Um, worried about sump pumps, worried about their furnace. And, and it, it, on one hand, we, we, we talk about how our reliability is getting better and better, and it is. You know, we trim more trees. We got more uh, wires underground. But people have a lot at stake. And, and um, you know, if you're, you're in Arizona and, and your home is, is here, you kind of like to know that the, the furnace is running that there's power for the sump pumps, which is a big deal in a lot of the, the lake area. So it's been a big seller for us. We've sold a lot of standby generators. And, and part of the key is the technology that um, 
There's an automatic transfer switch that senses when power goes off and it turns a generator on. Well, it's made smaller. We can plug it right into the meter socket and the meter plugs into it. It just makes the whole installation process go very smooth. And it runs on, on, on my propane? Propane or natural gas, yes. And it quicks in fairly instantly? Is my, my furnace then just kicking back in? Like w when it just lost power? About 15 to, to 30 seconds. So it, it waits for the devices out on our power lines to, they go through a, a their oil-filled circuit recosers, breakers, and they go through a, a series of operations before they determine that the line is truly dead. And it takes about 15, 20 seconds. And then the generator comes on. Okay, and then everything comes to life again? And yeah. I think my furnace kicks in automatically then? Yes. It does. does and it? in fact, we will use these generators to control load in the summertime. And we will actually pay the owners of the generators for you know, a, a few hours of operation each summer to reduce uh, transmission and power costs. So, you know, not only is it a convenience for them, they'll they'll get a little bill credit to help pay their air conditioning bill. Well, they th they run in the summer too, like as a sub. sub yes. Ah, okay. Probably oh. would uh, with summer outages would would probably have a, an opportunity in terms of. Runtime probably as much in the summertime as is a winter. Okay. And how big is the machine? I saw a picture. Is it like two feet by two feet or a little bigger than the table there? Yeah. And are they quiet? Are they loud? I just know those generators. They always are so noisy and stinky. But is it? They uh, would be a bit like uh, an air conditioner, maybe a little quieter. Also, they are barely noticeable. And you just set them around the house? Ours are generally back at the lot line because all of our meters and, and transformers are at the lot line, so they're away from the house. Oh, they're so far away. And then you and then you connect them to my propane tank and that's it? That's it. Huh. You want one? I do want one. <laughs> okay. I like those things. I know, I just saw the picture and I thought that was really interesting. I, I didn't even know. So I have, because I, I've seen homes here with like those big diesel generators once, you know, I'm just like, like at, a, at a hospital or something. You see those big, big backup machines and then I see a big house and then they had a similar unit. I was like, whoa. So these are Briggs and Stratton, just to get the same engine in your, is in your lawnmower. So okay. just run forever and take all kinds of abuse. So okay. but we, offer, we offer maintenance programs for them. So we come out and we change the oil you know, every year on, on all of the, mm -hmm. the generators, so. Just Which is better than, than my lawnmower gets. <laughs> Mine too, actually, by the way. How ex just curious, I'm really curious, how expensive is one of those units? Is it affordable, is it expensive? Well, I, th I think they're, they're very affordable when you consider them against, you know, the prices of various toys that we, we spend money on, but uh, in the four to, four to $6,000 okay. range. Installed? Installed. Okay. Th that's uh, um, th the electric side. It, you would still have some costs for running propane, propane piping. Okay. Well, I think that's a really interesting product. And uh, how how many homes are connected with one of those? You know, is it a thousand or five hundred or? We've we got uh, about a couple hundred. Okay. So yeah. It's a fairly new product. About, we got one crew that does this, and they they get about a hundred a summer, and that's. Okay. Yeah. That fills the summer. I really did not know about that thing, and I actually like it. Yeah. 
Um, so any, uh, is there uh, additional projects coming? Uh, are we expecting more solar? Uh, um, is there like a five-year, ten-year plan after this one big project now? Is there more coming from? Well, um, we're allowed 5%. Uh, the Earhart project is about 2 so, you know, we, we could explore the possibility of, of other projects. Um, looking down the road at, uh, you know, potentially a larger battery-type project, and, and we're just kind of following that technology. Um, we do sell um, residential solar arrays. Oh, you do? For, yeah, for individuals. Is and it's, it's a unique program. Why is so that? So the, the state of Minnesota um, mandates that utilities interconnect with um, renewable energy systems, small solar, and they have their own formula for um, how a utility reimburses the customer. Okay. And it's based on our average retail rate. Um, works well for the, the customer, not so well for us, because the solar produces electricity from, you know, 10 o'clock till 3 in the afternoon. Okay. Which not is not when we need it. So what we do is we have a program called Go West, and, and so it's uh, our own uh, proprietary rate and, and, and installation. We aim the we aim the solar panels to the southwest, yeah. So that optimizes production at six o'clock and at seven o'clock, which is peak time. PM. So when they're p.m. Yeah. So when they're producing electricity at six o'clock. That reduces Lake Region's power bill. We give them a bill credit. We share the savings with, with, with the, homeowner. the homeowner. We still reimburse them for electricity that they put out on our lines during the day, but it's at the same price that we pay GRE. Hmm. So the, the goal is to size the system so that they're, they're offsetting their own purchases from us. So that's the big savings. And then in the summertime, June, July, and August, they get a bill credit, and we share the the uh, um, the reduction in the demand charges, mm -hmm. which is which is considerable. So the return on investment with, with Go West is is better than net metering. Okay. So as far as I'm educated, uh, batteries um, they they don't batteries are still too expensive, I think, or cannot do enough like I cannot just put a bunch of batteries in my crawl space or basement and just fill them up all the time it's, it's not cheap enough yet right or efficient enough so it's ex more expensive if I would go it, it's more expensive so when we talked about the the Earhart project and yeah. using water heaters as a battery yeah. um, it's it's less than a quarter of the cost of um, you know the lithium batteries that uh, you're talking about for electric vehicles right I see. Yeah, yeah. So, th but technology is going there. I, 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 I see some things uh, on the internet. There's like a group in Austria. Do you have you? Do you have? It's news going there. It has to. Yeah, batteries are getting better, right? They're going to have to if we're going to go 50% or more renewable energy. Batteries have to get better. Yeah, it's question. a necessity, and and they are. They are, yeah. Question is, that can we invent them? But I don't, I don't know. I'm not a physician, so <laughs> I really don't know how a battery barely works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you you see that it will. You you're confident that it will. Technology will allow us to. 
go in this direction. Electric vehicles are driving that. So as they make more market penetration and, okay. and are improving, um, that's the key probably to storage. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of large commercial batteries out there that, that, are, that are being used even by co-ops. Okay. Do you think electric vehicles are going to come to the Minnesota area more and more? With all winter, everybody says winter. Well, I think I, I think they're doing, making inroads in the cities, yeah, and in where where people commute on a daily basis, yeah. and, and over time, as people get um, accustomed to range, and we get charging stations, they'll get over what's called uh, range anxiety. Right. Yes. Where where people, the farther they get away from home, and farther away they they get from a charger, they get a little. Nervous, of course. I, I think people get over that. Yeah, yeah. That was very interesting. Do you have anything else you wanted to share? Anything else uh, I didn't ask? <laughs> oh, oh, probably. But uh, you, people have questions. They can stop by the booth and and yeah, uh, yeah and then ask one on one. So yeah. if you want to learn more about uh, LCER, next. LREC. Yeah, yeah. I always mix that up. I had too many <laughs> abbreviations. I'm sorry about that. LREC. <laughs> so there's a booth and there's uh, more answers to electric questions from Auditor County. Well, thank you, Dirk. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you very much for coming, being part of this. Thank you. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh,